0: The 100 Marathon Club by Darren Smith Travel has always been a part of my life. It is important to me, meeting new people, seeing new places. When I'm anywhere new, I always go to local supermarkets to see what they sell. I look for a local bar or two, a cosy one, a noisy one, local restaurants, takeouts, the post office, to work out how I would live there if I could. Prior to running, I was always jetting off somewhere, living somewhere new. It is one of the few good things I got from my father who as a young man saw the world from the premier cabins of the P&O cruise ship the Canberra in the 60s. And I was never content to limit my world to the postcodes between Hampstead Heath, Highgate and Golders Green. And so, after coming out of my post-university relationship, I set to seeing the world. A year travelling through continental Europe and then North Africa... Included job opportunities before an elongated move to the US and the West Coast, and then trips through the Caribbean and Central America. Asia, too, before heading back through Europe. I remember landing in Taipei mid-typhoon, seeing the swirling storm from thousands of feet above. And the streets of Budapest, mid-riots, commemorating the anniversary of the Soviet invasion. I was questioned by the secret police about why I was taking photographs. Was I a journalist? What hotel was I staying at? No, I wasn't a journalist. And I gave the name of a different hotel, just in case. I was always interested in seeing the world, and running it has made it even more accessible. I would look to fill a race calendar based on race dates, probably a marathon every three weeks. They could be anywhere, and often they were. The first race I signed up for was Amsterdam. Dublin, Edinburgh, Luxembourg, Disneyland, Florida, New Orleans, Paris and Cape Town were all raced in the early days. And that was even before the marathon started with the first marathon, as you remember, being Berlin. There is nothing quite like booking a race overseas, looking at the route map and trying to find a hotel close to the start and finish, before pricing up flights. And this isn't as inaccessible as you think before you send a strongly worded letter to the editor. I have actually found some overseas marathons cheaper with budget flights and a sensible hotel than some UK marathons. I certainly spent more money on the race and the accommodation and eating down there at Brighton than I did at Madrid and Vienna and Hanover. In 2016 I ran Copenhagen and Athens and it is even better when doing this with friends and loved ones. Barcelona and Lucerne, Ultrax and Comrades in 2017, Hanover, Zurich, Liège, Chicago were all great trips made by the people I went with. And I look forward to many more once the COVID crisis is over. The 2021 calendar, which is mostly made of coronavirus deferrals, has seven overseas races already in New York and Chicago, Madeira, Split, Hamburg, and Israel. It's all very exciting. Ooh, and Reykjavik. It is still all very exciting. But the next race on my 100 marathon quest was not quite of the same ilk. Number 18. Bovington. 16th of December 2017. I want to say that Bovington was in Wiltshire, although that may not be right. It could be Dorset and who knows. Wherever it was, it was bloody grim. Bovington is used by the British Army as its tank training grounds. And from what I know about tanks, they don't need nice flat tarmac surfaces to roll on. And so it would be muddy. It would be wet with numerous stream crossings and it would have a few hilly lumps. You know those man-made pyramids of soil created to test military vehicles? Yes, we'd be crossing those. It would also be in the middle of winter and freezing. I was to run it with Jason and Michelle Whiffers from Twitter. And we would meet up ahead of time to enjoy a meal, a few drinks, and what should have been a good evening in a town, and I'm not joking, called Shittington. I was not happy though. I had spent a long while on my costume. We all had. And it would be a distinct military theme after all we were on the british army tank training grounds i had a few yards of high caliber plastic shells that would be draped around me a camouflage buffer camouflage long sleeve undershirt and a camouflaged hat the other two would have similar but the pièce de resistance would be the t-shirts i had printed for the occasion There is a road sign, quite famously close to the race venue, that points one way to the Tank Museum and the other to Monkey World. And I, in a fit of creative genius, had blended the two together, imagining the havoc caused by monkeys at a a Tank Museum. Online, I had found cartoon images of primates in military hats. Um, one for Jason and one for Michelle and one for me a tank gunner, tank driver and tank commander all in the style of Tank Girl, the comic I then annotated the Monkey World logo to uh, create the first primate tank battalion and the t shirts looked amazing I thought so Uh, Jason and Michelle thought so all of social media thought so Monkey World did not think so. And they issued me a warning uh, about using their logo, uh, especially in a way that shows primates used for war. And so, as we met up uh, for the start of the race with camouflage makeup, bullets, berets and buffs, the logo on our t-shirt was hidden by tape. This was supposed to be a bit of fun. We did not intend to upset anybody. So it was fine for us to remove it, but, you know, it was just a joke. Um, Moving on. The Bovington Marathon, and I think it was the last running of it, was tough. Simple as that. Looking back for a moment, if I close my eyes, I can see it all now. (sighs) You cross the road from the museum and run down a loose stone path. Trees lined either side between fields adorned with large warning signs telling you not to start fires and that there were live explosives. My bullet belt totally fell apart within 10 yards of the start, and I ended up having to first pick up all these bullets with people running around me and then hold on to them and carry them all the way to the first water stop 5k in when I could throw them away properly. The last thing I wanted to do was toss a munition belt away in an army training ground, even in the bins provided, even though it was plastic. I had all manner of nightmares about that one. You continue along at a decent clip because you're running along roads at this time and then you hit a crowd who are at the first stream crossing. There are four stream crossings that you cross twice as the route becomes a there and back near the finish. So, eight stream crossings. Um, I climbed up the bank and then jumped the narrowest part. Others just ran straight through it. And some took out supermarket carrier bags from their pack, stepped into them, ran through the stream wearing them, holding onto the handles before... De-bagging, if that is a word, uh, on the other side. All the streams were in the first, and therefore the last, five kilometres. So once you have crossed the larger ones, you are now into the woods. And there we faced a lot of nasty climbs that appear from nowhere, and could be anything from a near sheer 30-foot quad burner to 40 yards of slow up, up and up. Between the wooded portions of soggy underfoot ups and downs, you are really in the mud. The tank training grounds uh, and all of its icy pools and the deep troughs dug by tanks that fill with water and then freeze over. And when you do get back to any semblance of a path, it is stony, slippery. I did see a few people go over and a particularly nasty head injury early on. And the puddles, at times, are so large and so frequent that you are literally zigging and zagging the whole way, adding a couple of kilometres to the final distance rather than travelling as the crow flies. There was no race line here to follow, only water to avoid. So in short, streams, slippery paths and stones numerous woodland climbs, ankle-deep mud and descents, as well as wide-open spaces that are so muddy and icy that it isn't all that easy to keep your footing. And all of this punctuated with half a dozen basic water stops, several parked tanks for photo opportunities, and there is a photo of me in front of a chieftain, and two love stations. Oh yes, the love stations. The love stations being where you can get a kiss and a cuddle from one of the marshals and in the second one, hot mulled wine and slow gin. The first love station was also where I deposited my bullet belt and no, that's not a euphemism. I ploughed on, ploughed being the operative word when you're going through that much mud. I knew that I had to finish this one to take all the pressure off me going into the last marathon of the year in a fortnight. I was on for a nice five hour something marathon but was starting to feel the the hills and the mud and there were periods where everybody was just walking, especially on the ups. The course had slowed us all down to party pace. I met up with Michelle just as my watch signalled that I'd completed a marathon and we still had the stream crossings to go and she reminded me to relax because the cutoff was actually seven and a half hours and this in itself is very generous but after we'd already finished and we did in the next half hour got our medals showered dried off, changed clothes, we'd eaten jacket potatoes in the museum restaurant, updated all of our social media followers, packed our bags, and then were heading out to the car. People were still finishing. In fact, looking at the results, some people finished in eight hours plus. But you know, when it comes to it, you can't ever compare yourself to others. We're all on different chapters of our own running story. You can't compare yourself to someone who is in chapter 30 when you are just finishing your introduction. Your own pace is fine. I wasn't necessarily happy with my own time. You can only compare yourself to yourself. But I was glad that I did it. It was a particularly challenging race for the end of the year. Um, And I did swear that I would never go back Uh, But then they cancelled it anyway. That was the last running of it, thank God. Um, However, what it did mean, more than anything, was that now the pressure was off. I had 15 days before the end of the year to complete my 12 marathons in 12 months challenge for Pancreatic Cancer UK. If I'd screwed this one up, I really would have been Sisyphus pushing that boulder up the hill. Next up, the Phoenix Winter Marathon.